prior to 2016, um, I was definitely, yeah, somebody who um, worked really hard to conform, to fit in. I would probably describe myself as somebody who's a people pleaser. Um, I would do everything possible and sort of maintain a, you know, happy and, you know, happy-go-lucky demeanor in that. I was in a successful career. Um, I'm an engineer by trade and education. My uh, father owns his own company, um, and so I was working with him for 17 years. I was always chasing after goals, after, um, you know, that next level of accomplishment and that. But every time I would go and, and that goal was achieved, um, there was still this, this part that wasn't fulfilled. It, it, in the sense, you know what, I, I never had anything. So, I mean, never knew what homeownership was, never knew what a new car was, never knew any of that. So here I am in my life coming from, you know, homelessness to, to you know, getting a good job and, and starting to, you know, get good credit and then fulfilling these dreams that in my head I thought were the the good old Canadian dreams of, of wanting these things and I was still missing something and, and, and here I am in my life at this point um, working you know constantly all the time and, and going home but not feeling like I was at home and next you know I was just left with me myself and I and that's a terrible place to be left in and, and I'm falling I'm falling back into you know after five and a half years sober I'm, I'm picking up and, and drinking and, and using again. I grew up in a Christian family, and the love of God and the love of music was always a part of my life, as long as I can remember. As, um, as I finished college and uh, um, got married and settled into a, another church, again, finding myself playing the piano. And uh, so that whole... Um, what I grew up with, the love of God and the love of music, just carried with me straight through. There were changes in my life and in 2015, I found myself for the first time ever in my life living alone. Life got in the way and as difficulties, life difficulties as we all experience them, um, the, the intensity of my faith and the intensity of, of the love for playing music just sort of fell by the wayside. I was just going to work, coming home, and doing nothing. And that, I knew, was not life-giving, that was not life-affirming, and that is not where I wanted my life to go. So a couple weeks ago, my wife Becky and I took our kids uh, to Mexico for spring break. And the morning after we'd returned, 
uh, Becky and I were getting ready in the bathroom together and I kind of joked with her. I said, are you ready for our new life to begin? I don't know if she knew that I was joking, but her response immediately got us chuckling when she immediately reacted and said, I thought we just took a vacation from our regular life. And we kind of laughed together about how no matter how much you invest in it, and no matter how much you hope it'll happen, a vacation at the end of the day doesn't change your life. It just gives you a break from it. Got me thinking about all the other ways that we try to invest in changing our lives that really, at the end of the day, don't deliver. You know, we could go shopping and you know, buy a new wardrobe or a new outfit or a new pair of shoes, and it might change that afternoon, but it doesn't, at the end of the day, change us. You know, we could, we could get a new job. We could, we could go back to school, and we, we could do different things, but it would change the way that we spend our time. It wouldn't change who we are. You know, you think about making a, a, big, a big move or a big change in a relationship. Um, those circumstances can change, but like Winnie the Pooh said, where you go, there you are. You know, circumstances, for sure, they matter and you know, they, they make life different, but at the end of the day, they don't change us. They don't change who we are on the inside. They don't change how we think or feel they don't change our urges or our impulses, our default settings. They don't change our habits. They, they don't change our makeup. They just, you know, like a vacation. They just give us a break from it. The question is, how do you experience a legitimately fresh start? How do you really experience change in your life? Well, gang, this is why in a community like ours, we celebrate Easter Sunday. And frankly, why we celebrate it as distinct from what we celebrated on Good Friday. For sure, Good Friday is a big deal around here, as weird as it might feel to celebrate the death of somebody. But we celebrate together the death of Jesus because of the immensity of God's love that it represents and the immeasurable lengths that he went to to not only forgive our sin, but make a restored relationship with God possible. We celebrate Good Friday because it's a big deal, but we celebrate Easter Sunday because it's an even bigger deal. Because in Easter Sunday, we celebrate not just Jesus' death, we celebrate the fact that he didn't stay dead. And that three days later, he was miraculously risen from the dead. And through his resurrection, his spirit is alive and available today. That's what we celebrate on Easter Sunday. The reality of the resurrection and the availability of Jesus' living spirit. The very spirit that empowered Jesus to be Jesus when he walked the earth that that spirit is available to people like you and me today to invade and empower our lives so that we can live like Jesus as well. At the end of the day, that's why we describe the message of Jesus as good news. And frankly, why the message of Christianity is so fundamentally distinct from any other faith or world religion. Because it's not a faith where God is expecting us to live a certain way or change in a certain direction or become a certain kind of person on our own resources. You know, the person that we've been based on who we are. That would be the definition of insanity, trying to do the same things on the same resources, expecting different results. 
No, the message of Jesus is such good news because he's made a new resource available. And through the new resource of his risen spirit, because of his resurrection, you and I can receive a new capacity to become new and different people from the inside out supernatural transforming work that he wants to do. And as he changes us from the inside out, as he creates new default settings, new attitudes of heart that enable us to feel differently and think differently and choose differently, we can develop new choices, new behaviors, new habits, a new character, and ultimately a new legacy. The good news of Jesus is that a fresh start is actually possible, not through anything we do, but through the activity of his risen spirit made possible by his resurrection that we celebrate at Easter. Now, if you're in a place where you struggle to even believe in the reality of the resurrection, that's okay. Lots of people throughout history have been in that place. I would just encourage you to do the investigative work yourself to satisfy your own curiosity about the claims of Jesus and the eyewitness accounts that he actually rose from the dead. You know, the next three weeks here at Southridge, we're actually going to be looking at that more intensely. And I would encourage you to come out to our weekend gathering so that you can explore and examine this for yourself. If not, just to satisfy your own curiosity to appreciate that the resurrection of Jesus is actually the deal-breaking difference in the whole message and work of Christ. Everything depends on it. And so if it's true, that means something and means something significant. For those of us who are prepared to believe in it and appreciate the implications of it, we might be wondering how we can experience the reality of Jesus' resurrection in our lives or how we can experience it to a greater degree. If you're in that place, that's why we wanted to have this conversation from a place like this, from a greenhouse, to illustrate the life that God invites us into. See, on the one hand, these plants kind of grow and flourish and thrive by relying on resources outside of themselves. That's what a greenhouse provides. It provides, you know, climate-controlled temperature and regular moisture and access to natural sunlight. It provides these plants resources outside of themselves so they can grow and flourish. And in the same way, the Bible describes a life with Jesus as requiring what's called faith on our part. Faith is not just believing in the reality of Jesus, believing that he was a real person, or even believing in the reality of his resurrection. Faith, by definition, is actively relying on resources outside of ourselves to make a difference that we on our own fundamentally couldn't. And like this greenhouse, God invites us into a life of actively relying on the resources he provides through the risen spirit of Jesus. But a life with God is not just about faith. It's also about what's called followership. And if you think about these plants, these plants didn't just start growing and flourishing and thriving here in this greenhouse. In order for them to do that, these plants first had to be planted. 
these plants had to be buried in order to blossom. And in the same way that Jesus had to die in order for him to be resurrected from the dead, he invites us into a life that the Bible describes as dying to ourselves so that he can live in us dying to our own way of life so that we can make the space available for his risen spirit to work. So as you consider how you might want to rely on the resources of Jesus to make your life different, ask the more fundamental first things first question and consider what we might first need to die to. Do we need to die to our own stubbornness and independence and avoidance of God in order to give him the opportunity to work in our lives? Do we need to die to a hyper-focus on consumerism or materialism or acquiring things in order to give him the space to do his transformational work? Do we need to die to our image or to fostering a certain reputation or to chronically trying to please other people in order to allow him to have the influence in us that he wants to have in order for him to make us into the people that we and he want us to become. That's the question of the adventure of a life with God that he invites us into as he invites us into followership and faith in him. One follower of Jesus who was a writer in the Bible described it this way. He said, I have been crucified with Christ Meaning, just like Jesus chose to die, I have chosen to die to myself. And he says, as a result, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live on earth, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's the adventure that Jesus invites us into on a day like today and every day. A life of followership and a life of faith where we die to ourselves so he can live and we rely on his resources to make us into who he wants us to be. And we get to celebrate all that today through what we celebrate at Easter, through the resurrection of Jesus and the availability of his spiritual life that finally can give us the resources and the capacity to experience the fresh start we've always wanted. haunted by the question of you know like who am I so at the end of my life and that right I don't want people to only just remember me as an engineer when I do face God at the end um, I don't want him to to look at me and say you know what I gave you all these great talents and gifts and skills and you didn't use them like you know to the best of your abilities to make this world a better place. I started to realize um, because I was supposed to take over this business um, realizing that if I wasn't the one that kind of took a step back that pressure would always be there. Slowly I actually went to part-time and that in 2016. Um, and then slowly started to release a lot of my engineering responsibilities. Since then, um, when I went part-time, I was actually able to volunteer with Southridge Jam Company. Um, so that was really great. Got to be part of the, the first uh, group of um, alumni to go through that. Um, so that was an amazing opportunity to develop friendships. Um, I feel like 
part of what I was lacking was connection with people. And so all of these different new aspects and different job opportunities and that have allowed me to be able to connect with a lot more people. I found myself at a crossroads and I found myself that I, before I even really came up with the words um, live intentionally, it's what I started to do. I started to realize I could just come home and plop myself on the couch and do nothing or I could be intentional and I could make plans with friends, with family. We all have those times of saying to our friends, oh, we should get together for coffee sometime. But for me, it was like, when can we do that? Let's pull out, the, let's pull out our phones, let's look at our calendars and let's figure out a time that changed the trajectory of my life. There's three principles that we, we kind of follow in, in, in recovery is, is trust God, clean house, and help others. And slowly but surely, I stopped trusting God, I stopped cleaning house, and, and I stopped helping others. All this pain, I wonder... I think one of the hardest things for me to do was the acceptance that I'll always be who I am. I'm always going to be wired as an alcoholic and an addict. And I, I get that now. Um, I got back into the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. I got back into what I do best, and that is cook. There's been a lot of people in my path who have helped me unconditionally with unconditional love. And, and for me to sit back and, and not to reciprocate that would be a total loss at the, the, the hard work and, uh, that they've put in. What I had died to was relating my self-worth to um, my accomplishments or things that I had achieved in the past. Things just keep happening in that as I step more into who I am. People accepting me for who I who I am and that for no reason and that like they don't know necessarily what I've done in the past and that and that's been very freeing and very um, amazing to see. What I needed to to die to is the lack of confidence that I placed in myself and realizing that God was with me and that there was every reason to believe that I could live intentionally and I found myself more and more choosing to live intentionally. So I feel like I had to die of doing it on my own and reaching out to community and to people that love me. That's plain and simple. I get a sense of community and family when I walk in here. Sometimes we take that for granted. But just to, to be able to hit the reset button and, and refocus myself has allowed me to realize, man, what a lucky person I am. I am looking what the future has to hold, but if, if what my community has allowed me to do and flourish, and um, it's, it's amazing that I'm, I'm a part of this. It's totally amazing that I'm a part of this.